0: amen father god in the name of jesus yeah the name of jesus Um, we we stand before you and we ask you that you would speak by your holy spirit um god we thank you for uh, the opportunity that we have to stand here before you as a as a body as a a group Uh, your word says though we are many we are one body in christ jesus Uh, Lord, just like you to take people of different backgrounds, uh, of different um, even nations and just and 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 keep their uh, uh, individuality, but yet call them to be one. And so, Lord, your church is made up of um, people from all nations, kindreds, tongues and tribes. And yet we are one. And one day we will stand before you as one. And so we we do that now, O oh God, and we ask you to to speak by your Spirit uh, through your Word, uh, Lord. We thank you for uh, this this Word that's been preserved for us. God, may it uh, may it speak to us. Uh, we know that it's every bit as relevant today as it was thousands of years ago. Every bit as relevant. And so, Lord. Um, Whatever you have for us, we say, we'll, we'll take it, we'll take it, and we thank you in advance. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. Go ahead and give someone a high five and have a seat if you would. Right. Very cool. Uh, we had to show that little video clip just because that was filmed before the Super Bowl where they were kind of giving glory and honor to God, and uh, so, anyway. Uh, we'll move right on off of that, and and uh, get into God's word. Um, Daniel chapter two, verse uh, twenty one through twenty two, is sort of been a theme scripture for us throughout the book of Daniel, and it says. Uh, Verse 20 says, Let the name of God be blessed forever and ever, for wisdom and power belong to him. It is he who changes the times and the epochs. He removes kings and establishes kings. He gives wisdom to wise men and knowledge to men of understanding. Verse 22 says, It is he who reveals the profound and hidden things. He knows what is in darkness, and the light dwells with him. And so that's sort of been our theme throughout the book uh, of Daniel is that nations are coming and going, uh, predictions or what we call prophecy, uh, 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 some of which we can look back and historically say, yeah, that's exactly what happened. Some things that Daniel has talked about haven't taken place yet. And so uh, it is awesome to read through this book and we come to another uh, pretty amazing chapter in, um, in chapter 11. If you were with us uh, last week after... Uh, prophetically predicting and speaking of a coming ruler who would come and do great harm to the nation of Israel, a man that historically we know, his name is Antiochus Epiphanes. Uh, At the end of chapter 11, um, uh, chapter 11 and verse 35, it says, And some of those who have insight will fall in order to refine, purge, and make them pure until the end time because it is still to come uh, at the appointed time. And between verse 35 and verse 36, there's a shifting that takes place from, from, um, from the, the near future into the, the far future. And sometimes the scripture will do that. It will be speaking about one situation or one person or one nation that, that, will, that, is, that is right around the corner and then it will shift gears and talk about someone or something that's to come much later. And so that's the gap between verse 35 and 36. But, but the point is this, is that uh, this Antiochus Epiphanes, who will be a prototype or a preview of the Antichrist, it says some of those who have insight will fall in order to refine purge and make them pure until the end time because it is still to come at the appointed time and so this this time of terror, if you would, this one that's going that's 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 around the corner it, it actually won't be really close to the time of daniel, but uh at it, it, that point it, it, time is going to come and 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 yet it's appointed for a specific time and because God is sovereign and God is in control. He's in t- charge of the times and the epochs. He's regulating all of that. And the people of God will need to know that God has everything under control uh, when this man Antiochus Epiphanes comes on the scene. And they will, for sure, need to know that God is in control when this, when the fulfillment of Antiochus Epiphanes comes on the scene, and that is the Antichrist. Okay, they will need to know that 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 there is there is an appointed time. Uh, as as uh, uh, Antiochus Epiphanes had a leash that was so long, and that's all he got. And in the same way, the Antichrist, when he comes, if he's not already alive someplace, will have a leash that is so long, and that's it. They will not be able to run beyond that because God is is, is regulating the times and the seasons, and he says, you know what? There's an appointed time. That's the key. There's an appointed time. And so in between verse 35 and 36, he shifts gears to this coming world ruler and this is the last part of what we'll look at regarding the antichrist but if you have your bibles or have it on the screens you can turn to first john chapter 2 verse 18 1 john chapter 2 verse 18 um, and this is what it says regarding the antichrist or a spirit of antichrist it says this children It is the last hour, John writes. The Apostle John says, children, it is the last hour. And that was some 2,000 years ago. It's the last hour. So if it was the last hour 2,000 years ago, you would probably agree with me, it's really the last hour right now. Children, it is is the last hour. And just as you heard that Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have appeared. Now this we know that it is the last hour. From this we know that it is the last hour. So one of the indicators that we are in the last hour is that is that there will be many antichrists. Verse 19, uh, they went out from us. And so he says who these antichrist are. They went out from us, but they were not really of us. For if they had been of us, they would have remained with us. But they, But they went out so that it would be shown that they are not of us. And so John's readers were taught that the Antichrist was going to be coming. And you have to understand, in the New Testament context, when they talked about the end, they expected it at any moment. When they talked about the antichrist coming, they were expecting. You know, he's has he come yet? We've heard the antichrist has come. Or when they talked about the you know the the, the, the return of Christ, they're like, man, we heard that Jesus came. Did we miss him? Did we miss the, the Has the resurrection already happened? And and, and so there's always a, a context of time that the apostle Paul is trying to is trying to teach people. And and here, uh, uh, they were uh, taught that the antichrist would come before the actual return of Christ. And, but he says, hey, before the, anti, before the man comes, there are many antichrists who are going to come. Uh, false teachers who would offer false messiahs or false Christ, they're going to come first. OK, so when you start to see people who claim to have exclusive authority, when you start to see um, um, uh, uh, people who who claim that, that they've got new revelation from God or or when you start to see people uh, who uh, who uh, uh, come from s- speak the language of Christianity, because it says it says um, they went out from us, but they were not really of us. So these are people who were professors of Christ, but they were not possessors of Christ. And so they, they, they maybe grew up in church or they had a little bit of Christianity and they, and they left that and, and, and maybe they found uh, Islam or they found um, Eastern mysticism or they just sort of lump it all together. And, and John says, hey, these are antichrists. These are, these are not... They, some of them will even speak the same language, but they went out from us, but they're false teachers. And he goes, so that's, that's an indicator of the Antichrist. So this is not a person who's to come. This is a, a, a religious Antichrist, if you would. Okay? 1 John 4 says this. says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. And every spirit that does not confess that Jesus has come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of Antichrist, which you have heard was coming and now and is now already in the world. And so he says, listen, there is a uh, there is a, a, a spirit, if you would, uh, that that does not. That's a false prophet that does not agree that Jesus Christ came in the flesh. That uh, 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 Jesus Christ is not come in the flesh uh, is is not of God, he says. And so he says, listen, that spirit, John says, is already in the world. Uh, Those who are saying, well, you know what, Jesus Christ, when he came, well, he wasn't really a man or or, of course, he wasn't 100 percent God or, or or he was. Just the consciousness of of of, of God, or all make, making up all these generations of who Jesus is, and he says, "Hey, that's already in the world." He says, "That's the spirit of Antichrist." First John two twenty two says, "Who is the liar, but he who denies that Jesus is the Christ?" Okay. Okay. Now we would park right there just for a second. Okay. There's just I'm gonna give you a little water here. All right. Who is a liar? John tells us. He who denies that Jesus is the Christ. Who is the Christ? The Messiah. The Anointed One. Um, uh, The one of which all the promises of the Old Testament are true. The fulfillment of all of the Old Testament, all those promises. Uh, That's Jesus. And anyone who denies that is a liar and john says he is anti he is antichrist who denies the father and the son so you deny that jesus is the christ you're a liar from a spiritual standpoint and that that person is antichrist denies the father and the son and whoever denies the son does not have the father either he who acknowledges the son has the father also okay so second john chapter one seven says this for many deceivers have gone out into the world who do not confess jesus christ is coming in the flesh There it is again this is a deceiver and an antichrist okay so let me give you this quick summary of the spirit of antichrist before the antichrist comes this is the spirit of Antichrist before the actual... This, is, this will lay the groundwork for the Antichrist when he comes. Okay, and you can kind of determine how, how far we are into the end of the end times based on the activity of the spirit of Antichrist. Okay, and this is what they'll do. First of all, the spirit of Antichrist will be a lying spirit. It will be that of lying and that of deception. And that spirit... Not literally a demon, that that philosophy, that worldview, whatever you want to call it, will uh, deny that Jesus is the Christ. Okay, so do you see a lot of that going on? you see a lot of religious systems or a lot of people that deny that Jesus... Well, we believe that Jesus is a prophet. Well, we believe that Jesus was a good man. Well, do you believe that he's the Christ? Well, you know, we don't necessarily... uh, oh, Oh, we do believe he's the Christ, but we also believe he's this. Okay. Okay, that's a lying, deceptive spirit. You deny that Jesus Christ, uh, Jesus is the Christ. You deny the Father and the Son. Jesus does not have a son. He does, Jesus is not unique in that he's, you know, God cannot have a son. Let me tell you right now, there's a major world religion that believes that and it's called islam he is not the only begotten of the father no god cannot have a son okay that is a that 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 religious system does not believe that therefore it's deceptive and it's lying no matter how no matter where people want to stand on the side of islam whether it's moderate islam or whether it's uh... radical islam they deny the son jesus okay so so I'm just saying that's what it is. Okay, um, they denied the Father and the Son, and that Jesus has come in the flesh, the incarnation. Well, not only that, there is a there is a, a antichrist mindset, or philosophy, or worldview that exists in our world as well. Uh, you could call that like a philosophical antichrist, and 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 worldviews and philosophies blind people from seeing the reality of Christ. Second Corinthians four, three and four says this, it says, as even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, in whose case the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelieving so that they may not see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is it who is the image of God. And so this, this, this mindset, this philosophy, this worldview exists and it blinds people from seeing the reality of who Jesus really is. It blinds them from seeing uh, God the Son. It, it blinds them uh, to n- not believe in the one true God. And, and so if you uh, uh, were ha- uh, able to watch, there was a, there was a debate between a, a, a prominent uh, uh, atheist Scientists, um, they call him the science guy. Uh, uh, I I forget his name. Bill Nye, thank you. And uh, uh, he was debating uh, Ken Ham, who is an apologist. uh, That you can still look at that debate if you like to. And 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 you know, I was waiting for the question. They had a little question answer time after. I was waiting. I don't know if this question got asked, but but you know, to Mr. Nye, you know, if you. Because he believes, of course, as an atheist, if you die, that's it. It's, it's sad, it's, it's unfortunate, but that's the way it is. And, and, and I was waiting for someone to say, just, just in case, if you die and you see Jesus face-to-face, what do you think you might tell him? And I don't know if that question ever got asked, but, uh, 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 but, but atheism is a world view. It is, but it is a philosophical system. The worldviews have consequences. And what you believe about God and life and death and hum, humans and value and what you believe about right and wrong, it all has consequences. It does. And though atheists, atheists would say, well, we, we, we don't propose any kind of religion. You know what? Darwinism is a religion. It's a, It's a worldview. Because if you take away God in the beginning, then what are you left with? You have to devise some. You have to have some sort of baseline for what you believe is right or wrong, and you make that up as you go, or the government determines that, or whoever has the most power determines it. I don't know what makes something right or what makes something wrong. Maybe it's based on opinion, or it's based on where you go. It changes all over the map. But that's a worldview, okay? And so worldviews blind people from seeing uh, the reality. Of who Jesus really is. Right? And so we have the Antichrist. Who is on his way. He has not revealed himself yet. If he's al- alive he might be. We don't know. Uh, we have the Antichrist. But we have the spirit of the Antichrist as well. And that is prevalent all over. We see that in increasing measure. We do. We see that in increasing measure. Okay So. Regarding the Antichrist, he will create unparalleled destruction, unparalleled dist- We've already seen that he uh, he doesn't appear suddenly in his true identity. Uh, he sort of cloaks who he really is and what his real agenda is. He is the little horn that rises up out of the ten horns. If you've been with us back in Daniel chapter 7, verse 24, uh, he is the, the quote-unquote man of peace that uh, solves the uh, Israeli-Arab conflict. He's the one who will broker a deal and bring peace in the Middle East, even on the Temple Mount, the most hotly contested piece of real estate. In the world. If you want to know about end times. you want to know where we are. In the prophetic timeline of things. Just keep your eyes on Israel. Keep your eyes on Jerusalem. And in particular keep your eyes on the Temple Mount. And there's always different articles about things that are going on over there. We know that halfway through the tribulation period. The last seven years of God's dealing with mankind. That he will... Break a treaty that he will set up with them and he will institute his own religious worship. Okay? And so the prototype of that, as we've seen, is a man by the name of Antiochus Epiphanes. But not everything... That happened in Antiochus' life is illustrated in the chapter in the rest of chapter eleven verse thirty six through forty five so we 're going to try to unpack that today, but uh, we know that this is and most bible scholars would agree that this is not talking about the same person that there's uh, it, it, uh, there's speaking of someone else and so uh, Jesus said in matthew twenty four fifteen this therefore when you see the abomination of desolation which was spoken of through Daniel the prophet, standing in the holy place, let the reader understand. So we know that this is speaking of someone in the future because Jesus just said in Matthew 24:15, He hasn't come yet. Okay, so this is a future event. Paul the apostle picks up on that in Second Th- Thessalonians chapter two, verse three and four, and says, "Let no one deceive you by any means, for that day will not come unless the falling away comes first and the man of sin is revealed." The son of perdition who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or all that is worshiped so that he sits as God in the temple of God, showing himself uh, that he is God. Now, Antiochus Epiphanes, as we've been talking about, uh, put up a statue of the Greek god uh, Zeus in the temple. But for the most part, he was religious. Uh, uh, to the, uh, he followed the, the Greek religious uh, forms of worship. Now the Antichrist is going to go much, much further than that. And so um, chapter 11 and verse 36. Shifting gears. From a man to the Antichrist. It says, It says, Then the king will do as he pleases, And he will exalt and magnify himself above every God and will speak monstrous things against the God of gods. And he will prosper until the indignation is finished for that which is decreed will be done. All right. Just a few things about him. He will do as he pleases. He will exalt and magnify himself above every God. Okay, And he will speak. My translation says monstrous things Against the God of gods. Uh, he, he, what does your translation say? Blasphemous things. What else? Unheard of things. Any, any other translations? What is it? M- marvelous. King James. As in not marvelous, good. What else? Astonishing. Okay, so the Antichrist comes on the scene and, and he speaks. He starts blaspheming god and saying things about god that are going to be shocking i i mean it's it's almost as if the very the very core of hell is opened up and 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 they unleash these these blasphemous tirades against god almost such that you you would you would think people that that maybe you know aren't maybe they're not really followers of christ but they're not really uh 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 they're not god haters either that they're they would be shocked to hear these things like man i mean this 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 antichrist will be will speak unimaginable things about maybe even things that people man i've never even heard anybody talk why why is this guy so mad at god blasphemous things Oh, you talk about the, the name of, of the Lord be, being taken in vain. He's going to take it to a whole nother. It's as if Satan himself will be speaking through this man and blaspheming God. And I also want you to note, it says that he will prosper until, until the indignation is finished. That that which is decreed will be done. That God has a purpose. God, God will allow that to happen until, and and, and that's it. And there's a, there's a point. I mean I mean God says there's a, there's a I'm going to let that happen until uh, the indignation is finished, which is for that which is decreed will be done. Verse thirty-seven uh, through thirty-nine says he says, and he will show no regard for the gods of his fathers or for the desire of women. Nor will he show regard for any other God, for he will magnify himself above them all. That's a constant theme. Verse 38, but instead he will honor the God of fortresses, a God whom his fathers did not know. He will honor him with gold, silver, costly stones and treasures. And he will take action against the strongest of fortresses with the help of a foreign god. He will give great honor to those who acknowledge him and he will cause them to rule over the many and will parcel out land for a price. Okay. Um, no regard for the gods of his fathers. And there, there are some who have grabbed that scripture and said, see, the Antichrist will have some Jewish um, heritage in him uh, because he's not worshiping the God of his fathers. Well, I, I'm not quite sure that you can say that. I, I don't know that you can. And, and there's a lot of things that you read about and you hear, and you go, hey, man, now where did they get that from? And some some is a little bit of a stretch. And I, I, I just think that might be a little bit of a stretch to, to say that. Um, we're not sure... Uh, who the gods of his fathers really are. And it says he will have uh, no desire for women. And so there are three possibilities of what that might mean. No normal desire for love, marriage, or sex. Uh, He will have no desire for those things that are characteristic of, of women. Mercy, gentleness, maybe kindness. Or thirdly, that it was the desire of the hebrew women to be the mother of the messiah and he would he will reject that and, and 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 so there are some who've taken that scripture to say see it says in daniel that the antichrist will be a homosexual well i don't know that you can categorically say that and 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 it, if anything maybe these are things that will that people won't know about him but it, it seems to be more so along the lines of of uh, the, uh, things that are char- characteristics of women, mercy, kindness, gentleness, or the desire of the Hebrew women to be the mother of the Messiah. Um, to say that the Antichrist is going to be homosexual, you know what? I mean, I don't, I don't know that you can categorically say that based on that one scripture, because you'll hear that. Okay, so, so uh, again, I don't, I don't know about that. It says he will honor a god of fo- fortresses. And so his God will be that of military might. And, and it says that he will um, uh, uh, basically as, achieve help from a foreign God. Well, who might that be? Well, we don't know. It doesn't tell us. Um, Satan, maybe, a foreign God. Um, there are many, many people, and I've shared this before, who believe that the Antichrist will be a Muslim um, and that perhaps that foreign God could be the religion of Islam I'm not categorically saying that uh, but there's a lot of evidence about the places in, in particular the places and spaces in the word of God that are today Muslim strongholds that are all involved in the end times when you look at at the at the 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 the, 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 the geography and the nation's and who's going to be involved in the, in the end times, I'll tell you what, Muslim strongholds are all over it. They're all over it. Okay, So, it's just another point that we learn about him. And it says that he will control much land and will essentially, I guess you could say, give favors of land to those who are loyal to him. And so, verse 40-43 through 43 says this, <clears throat> it says and at the end the king of the south will collide with him and the king of the north will storm against him with chariots horsemen with many ships and he will enter countries overflow them and pass through he will enter the beautiful land israel and many countries will fa- will fall but these will be rescued out of his hand Edom, Moab, and the foremost of the sons of Ammon. Uh, Verse 42 says, Then he will stretch out his hand against other countries, and the land of Egypt will not escape. But he will gain control over the hidden treasures of the gold and silver, and over the precious metals of Egypt, and Libyans and Ethiopians will follow at his heels. Boy, that's interesting, huh? Okay, so it turns out that... The two other world powers will unite to battle against the Antichrist. Okay, so he's not, at least at this point, he's not the supreme world leader. There are other nations that are coming to fight against him, it says. The king of the south will collide with him, and the king of the north. Well, who are they? We don't really know. <laughs> We don't know exactly who they are, because that's what we want to do. We want to pinpoint who these nations are and start reading all the news coming out of those places. All right. Well, you know what? It's hard to say that. But apparently not everyone agrees with him. And so the South, it could be Egypt or an Arab community. The North, uh, maybe you've heard about Russia Uh, Or uh, all of the nations just above Israel? There's a whole conglomerate of nations that are Muslim strongholds. Uh, Could it be those uh, nations, the Antichrist domain? It's hard to say. Could this be the great battle that takes place in Ezekiel chapter 38 and 39, where these nations are destroyed by God himself on the mountains of Israel? Well, it's hard to say. But we know this, there's a, there's, a, there's a great battle that's going to take place. And it also mentions this, in verse 41, it says he'll enter the beautiful land and many countries will fall, but these will be rescued out of his hand, Edom and Moab. Why are Edom and Moab rescued out of his hand? Uh, why, why, why those places? Revelation chapter 12, verse 14, you can write that down speaks of a hiding place for Israel during the last three and a half years of the tribulation. And that place is a place called Petra. And it's a stronghold. And Edom and Moab Petra is a place where the children of Israel during the last three and a half years when literally all hell breaks out against them will run for refuge, and God says those places will be protected by Him. It's just interesting. Whatever the case, there will be great conflict on the earth. Verse forty-four and forty-five says this. It says, "But rumors from the east and from the north will disturb Him, and He will go forth with great wrath to destroy." and annihilate many. And he will pitch the tents of his royal pavilion between the seas and the beautiful holy mountain. Yet he will come to his end and no one will help him. All right, let me read verse 45 again. He will pitch his tents to the royal pavilion between the seas and the beautiful holy mountain. Yet he will come to his end and no one will help him. So while the Antichrist is in Egypt and he's taking land, he's he's warring. He hears a rumor from the east and from the north. Um, what are the rumors that he hears? Well, we don't know. Is this great? You came to get all this information out of Daniel. It's like we don't know. We can speculate. One possibility. Revelation chapter 9 verse 16 you can write that down Revelation 9:16 speaks about a massive army of 200 million soldiers that will make their way in the great battle of Armageddon 200 million soldiers from the east now is that China and India it could be so there's this great battle that's taking place and the, and the participants are making their way to Israel. So he hears a rumor and, and he goes back. Maybe it's because he's hearing that there are thousands of Jews who are escaping into Petra. Maybe that's the rumor that, that he hears. But, but he hears something and from there he heads off to fight in this great battle. And this could be the battle of Armageddon. The great stage is set. God calling these nations together. The Antichrist, this 200 million man army that's making their way uh, to this place. Armageddon means the mountain of Megiddo. final world conflict um, at the end of the tribulation period. According to Chuck Swindoll, and their different views on exactly what happens here, he says that what happens next is catastrophic. If you know your Bible, Ezekiel speaks of this great battle taking place. He speaks of an earthquake, a torrential rain, hailstorms, fire, and brimstone that wipes out this entire northern world army Ezekiel thirty-eight twenty-two says and I will bring him to judgment with pestilence and bloodshed I will rain down on him on his troops and on the many peoples who are with him flooding rain great hailstones fire and brimstone and he says that looks like nuclear war the forces of the east and the west fight while God pours out his judgment on the earth revelation chapter 16 verse 17 through 21 i've given you a lot of homework tonight or today other commentators believe that as the army from the east gets ready to attack the forces of antichrist in israel in the same veil it represents the end of the end the sign of the son of man appears in the heavens the opposing armies rather than fighting one another, unite together to fight against God, against Jesus. The Lord descends from heaven with his armies and defeats uh, and takes captive Satan, the Antichrist, and the false prophet to be cast into the lake of fire. Verse 45 says this. And I want you to focus on the end. It says he will pitch the tents of his royal pavilion between the seas and the beautiful holy mountain. Yet he will come to his end and no one will help him. OK, so that last part, he will come to his end and no one will help him either. That's this northern army that comes to an end abruptly. Or that is the Antichrist. Who will come, who his reign will come to an end and yet no one will will help him like that. Chapter 12 says this, the time. Verse 1, now at that time, and this is the beginning of the last three and a half years of that tribulation period. It's a seven-year period. The last three and a half years is the worst part. It's all bad. It says, now at that time, Michael, the great prince who stands guard over the sons of, of, your, of your people will arise and there will be a time of distress such as never occurred since there was a nation until that time, and at that time, your people, everyone who was found written in the book of life, in, in the book, will be rescued okay so the time is the great tribulation, three and a half years into the last seven years of God's dealing with man, intense persecution against Israel, like nothing that's ever happened before. It's called the time of Jacob's trouble. It's God bringing to the end the partial hardening of Israel as a result of rejecting Jesus. Romans 11, 1 through 25. And it says this, that Michael, the angel assigned to care and assist the Jewish people, will be there for them. God's elect chosen people will be preserved. And that includes, if you've heard the term, 144,000 out of Revelation chapter 7. And there are four kinds of people that Daniel talks about now. We're going to just look at the first first person. Four different kinds of people. This is what he says. Again, verse 1. Verse 1. At that time, Michael, the great prince who stands guard over the sons of your people will rise and there will be a time of distress such as never occurred since there was a nation until that time. And at that time, your people, everyone who is found written in the book will be rescued. Those whose names are written in the book. What book is that? Well, I believe it's God's book of life. I believe there's a book in heaven. That's the definition we have of it that has everyone's name in it. Who ever professed and possessed faith in Christ. Adam's name is in there. King David's name is in there. I mean, go down the list. Abraham's name is in that list. There is this book, and that's what it's called. I don't know if it's a literal book or spirit, it's a book. And inside that book is everyone's name who professes Christ and possesses Christ from Adam on to this day. Revelation twenty twelve says this and I saw the dead small and great standing before God and books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works by the things which were written in the books. So there's this book in heaven that has everyone's name in it, who's followers of Christ. Daniel says During this last three and a half years and he's getting ready to wrap up. We're, we're done. Chapter 12 is it, guys. We'll finish up next week. And he says to the people, he, he's saying, you know what? There's going to be a time of distress like you've never seen before. And how many of you would agree with me that, that Jewish people have seen some times of distress? And yet he says it'll be like never before. It's an appointed time. There's a place of refuge. It's been shortened Jesus, Matthew 24, read about it. He speaks about it. And, and, and yet, everyone who is found in the book will be rescued. What a word of encouragement for those who turn to Christ during the Great Tribulation. To know, you know what? God wrote about this. And God has preserved our names. Um, it says in Zechariah 14, And the Lord shall be king over all the earth. In that day it shall be the, the Lord is one, and his name one. All the land shall be turned into the plain from Geba to Rimon, south of Jerusalem. Jerusalem shall be raised up and inhabited in her place from Benjamin's gate to the place of the first gate. And the corner gate, and from the tower of Hanael to the king's winepress. The people shall dwell in it, and no longer shall there be uh, utter destruction, but Jerusalem shall be safely inhabited. Speaking of a future time after the tribulation, we call it the thousand year uh, reign, the millennial reign of Christ on earth. Jerusalem shall be safely inhabited. And so, God will keep his covenant with Abraham and see to it that a remnant of Abraham survives through the great tribulation and enters into the promised kingdom because God is a covenant-keeping God. This is a word of encouragement. Daniel seems to do that after he speaks about these incredibly, amazingly difficult times, he just says two things at the end of verse 45. He will come to his end, and no one will help him. Speaking of the Antichrist. And then to those Jewish folk who, who make it through the, tr- the Great Tribulation as believer and, and, and become believers in Christ, it says... And at that time, your people, everyone who is found written in the book, will be rescued. Okay, so that gives, us, that gives us some hope. That gives us some strength. That tells us that, okay, God, you've got this. But you know what? There are other people that we need to talk about, and we'll do that next week. But I guess the point today is, is that, and there's a book in heaven. Is your name in it? It's called the Book of Life. Um... My name's in it. I don't know about you. M- yours too? Yeah, my name's in it. Yeah, twice. Yeah, yeah, sometimes you got to do a do-over. Yeah. Well, wouldn't we want to, can, can I just look under the, okay, yeah, okay, just to check in, God, I want to be sure. Um. It's a book. Isn't that something? Something simple. You know, there are people who believe their name is in that book and it isn't. And who knows? There might even be people who don't believe their name it is in it, and it isn't it. Um. If you ever want to get your name on a list, that's a list you want to get it on. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, there's so much in 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 this. We could spend weeks just on verse forty through forty-five of.